book of Revelation, we understand Revelation means the unveiling of who Jesus Christ is on the inside of us. It's not about doom and gloom. It's not about all of the stuff that man and their own imaginations have made it to be. Revelation 1 and 1 says this is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Revelation, revelation means to unveil, take the top off, to see something we didn't see before, to see Christ as he is, living on the inside of us. Thank you, Father, for giving us the revelation, to understand revelation. That we're not fearful to walk through the scriptures. You're Alpha and Omega, you're the first and the last, you're beginning and the end. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. As you opened our eyes to see and to understand Revelation, we will teach from it. You said, blessed is he that read it, and blessed is he that receive it. I thank you, Father God, for being blessed because of reading, and that your people are blessed because they hear. Thank you for your omnipresence in our life. Thank you that you're real, you're tangible. Thank you that you're not far away, that you are on the inside of us. So your word can clearly tell us that you will never leave us or forsake us because you live on the inside of us. In spite of all of the things we can have done and can do, you still love us. Nothing will change your love for us. We thank you for that revelation. We're confident. We're sure of our calling. Revelation chapter 3. We've been teaching Revelation and more so in our bachelor's degree program, walking through the book of Revelation in, in our studies. And as the Lord gave it to me, I'll bring it. Also on Sunday morning, said we're not fearful of the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter 3, we'll pick up at verse 7. Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7. If you do not have a Bible and you need one, just raise your hands and our gatekeepers will get one for you. Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, and it says, And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that openeth, no man shutteth, shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make thee them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make thee to come into worship before thy feet. To know that I have love thee. God's word is already blessed. We just come in agreement with it by saying amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Just want to encourage you on today and that latter part of it. Amen. It says in verse 8, For thou hast a little strength, but you have kept my word and have not denied me. Amen. God bless you. So much, maybe not want to stop. 
just the awesome presence of the Lord. Amen. If you don't mind, yeah, just stay and then just keep playing. <laughs> Amen. And then what I want you to do is make a CD for him also so he can take with him that way he can listen to the message. I want to encourage you on this morning as verse 8 where it says in that latter part again, for thou has a little strength but and has kept my word has not denied my name. And so the subject this morning, a faithful church. Faithful church. The church of Philadelphia was considered a faithful church. There's seven churches in the book of Revelation. And each of them talk about a people. Because you're the church. Point to yourself say, I'm the church. Amen. And so in the book of Revelation, they talk about seven different churches. And he began to give accommodation and a criticism. He gave instructions and a promise for each church. And for this house, or for a people, the Church of Philadelphia is a faithful church. It says to the angel, he began to talk about to the angel, the angel is a messenger or a pastor or somebody that will deliver a message. He says, write to the faithful church. And God has been saying, and I'm to release that to you. Amen. God said, I know you don't have that much strength, but you kept my word. You remain faithful in spite of everything that's going on. And he said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to deliver you because of that. I heard the Lord as I was coming out to office. We've done a lot of teaching. It's hard to go back right now. A lot of teaching about Shekinah glory, the outer court, the holy place, and the most holy place. We know this is the third day ministry. Out of court, holy place, holies of all. We know elementary school, middle school, high school. Babies, adolescents, full grown, sons of God. First day, second day, third day. And this third day ministry is mature sons of God who have graduated from these different dimensions. And it has nothing to do with how long we've been in church. It has nothing to do with all of those things that we think we can do right. It has everything with accepting who Christ is on the inside of you. The battle has been for most tradition and religious mindsets is that we're trying to pray to God out there and we forget that he's inside of here. He's inside of us. That's a level of maturity. And when you understand that you're carrying something, like a pregnant woman carrying a baby, when you know you're carrying something, you do things different. The mindset has had him outside when he's really on the inside. Tell your neighbor's inside job. When you recognize he's inside of you, that the next thing you must do is begin to feed him that he may grow and develop. Amen. I heard coming out of my office the other day, the priesthood is changing. The priesthood is changing. As simple as that. And I went immediately to look for the book that Dr. Warner wrote, The Priesthood is Changing. I really hadn't read it. I understand a lot of things in it. But the picture, a picture is worth a thousand words. And as you see, the priesthood is changing as a different type of people peculiar people. They're different from everybody else. They're worshipers. Amen? I mean, the Bible said that everything it has breath, praise the Lord. We done got praise down. Come on, we know how to clap our hands, bump our feet, turn around, fall out, and all of that stuff. 
And now it moves to a level of maturity that we worship a king. He's king of kings and he's lord of lords. And as you see this, he's actually standing in the holy place. He's standing in the middle dimension. So on this side, we transition. understand our third day dimension. I'm just 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 full. Um, thank you, Lord. So we have three dimensions out of court, holy place, holders of all. First day, second day, third day. You know, elementary school, middle school, high school. Everything you see in this dimension speaks of this ministry. And God is raising up and not just in this house, there are some hubs around the nation where you have mature people where they want more of God. They want more than just a, a, a good praise and a shout. They want more than just a fleshly bodily movement. That they want to sense God's presence. Know God is here. Know God is on the inside. And God has never left you or forsaken you. No matter how bad you can be. No matter how good you can be. God lives on the inside of you. And it takes a changing of the mind. As Minister Sinclair's testimony. It takes a change of mind to cause you to come into agreement with that word because it's true. That's God's word. And so when I heard the Lord say the priesthood is changing, that's a person that's standing in a holy place, is getting ready to step beyond the veil of their mind, to step into another dimension. And Jesus, the, the, the word of the Lord in Revelation, he said, come up here. He said, come up here. I need you to bring your, elevate your mind from the earthly realm so that you can hear me speak to you. Because as long as you think you're not approved, as long as you have doubt of who I am, as long as you think it's about you, that you can please me in your words, you'll never be able to hear what I'm saying to you. So I need you to come up here and listen to me. That your heart will be changed, your mind will be changed, and your directions will be changed. That word repent has been a bad word for a lot of church people and a lot of leaders who have brought it across the pulpit. Yes, repent means to turn around. But literally the word repent in strong concordance means change the way you think. Repent means to change the way that you think. And when you change the way you think, it'll change your direction. And that because if you keep going straight and somebody say turn around, turn around, if you don't think there's no reason to turn around, you won't turn around. But if you realize that the way that you're going is wrong, then you'll determine you want to turn around. The priesthood is changing. It's a priesthood getting ready to step beyond the veil of their mind. Some people, God is going to thrust. He's just going to thrust them behind the veil of their mind. He's going to overshadow some people and just take them. And then there's some people that is going to have to really go through the process. How do I know I was one of those people? And God, I wasn't looking for God. But I thank him, I thank him, I thank him that he chose me. And he thrust me beyond the veil of my mind and showed me a glimpse, gave me a glimpse of what really is. And this place is not our home. And so, in that, the priesthood is changing. It means we're moving from a future view to a present view. I'm not going to get blessed, I'm already blessed. I'm not going to get healed, I'm already healed. I'm not going to get delivered, I'm already delivered. We have to bring everything into the now. Also, from moving from duality to simplicity. 
A double-minded man, the Bible says, is unstable in all his ways. So if you think like Adam, one day you feel you're defeated, the next day you feel you're victorious. That's a duality. One day I feel like I'm overcoming, and the next day I don't. That's duality. One day I feel like I'm accepted, and the next day I don't. That's duality. We're moving from that duality mentality to a simplicity of one in Christ. We're no longer two, but one. Moving from, from two wheels to one wheel. Jesus said it this way, not my will, but thy will be done. He want to move us from our will and his will to our wills becoming one will. That our will become in the middle of his will and be all about him and not about us. All about his purposes. Still talking about the priesthood is changing. We're moving from seeking God's hand to seeking his face. As people, of course, we want what God can give us. But he says, I, I want you to seek my face. So it's moving from seeking his hand to his face. From moving from taking a tithe to receiving the tithe. I mentioned that earlier. You got two types of priests, two types of preachers, two types of pastors. One that'll beat you down for offering the tithes. Tell you, if you don't do this, they'll beat you down. And it's one that receive. I'm here to receive the tithe because it's our what we're supposed to do. It's a commandment. It's not a choice. And then it's from man's control to God's control when we're under his control. Moving from the Old Testament to the New Testament, the priesthood is changing from an old mindset to a new mindset, from the holy place relationship to a relationship in the most holy place, from the church age to the kingdom age. And one, I have some scriptures that I've just, I'm just going to walk through them simply as we are now just to encourage you. And God says that he knows that you only have a little strength, but you remain faithful and you kept his word. And, and God is getting ready in his hand to begin to turn some things around and shift some people dimensionally, spiritually, to move from one dimension to the next. And I've seen it. I've seen it happen in your life recently. I've seen it happen in Minister Sinclair's life. I've seen it happen as God is now bringing us to a place of stability and strength. We want to be strong in the Lord. We don't want to be feeble. We don't want to be uh, not confident, huh? Pillars. Yes, pillars in the temple of God. That's the church of Philadelphia. We want to be what holds the building up. That's what a pillar is, something that holds something up, the strength of who God is. That's what people are going to be able to see in, in a people, the strength of God. And it's not just in one, it's in the body. Amen? We're not intimidated by each other because we all need each other. Tell, look at somebody, tell your neighbor, say, I need you. And you need me. We must understand that we need one another. A family that pray together, stay together. That's why it's so important about family. My grandmother and my mother. We're all about family. We believe in the family structure. So vitally important. When we come to church, we our families. It's a strength of the family. So we come together, we're family in here. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we love upon one another. We encourage one another. We build each other up. We don't tear each other down. It's the love of God. And I just want to show within a few scriptures that I pulled um, out there as the Lord was showing me. The priesthood is changing. And the priesthood is going to have a voice in the earth. 
this priesthood, we're talking about a people in the earth who are going to speak for God, going to speak as God. You are his voice, you are his feet, you are his hands in the earth. And so here in 1 Samuel, you have one yet, don't you? Amen. Praise God, I appreciate you. God bless you, evangelist. 1 Samuel there, 2 and 35, King James Version, Jesus says here, the Lord says, in this particular area, we know Christ had not came on the scene, so it was the Lord speaking through Samuel. He says, and I will raise me up a faithful priest and shall do according to all that which is in my heart and in my mind. And I will build him a sure house and he shall walk before mine anointed forever. And so God is talking about a people, a third day people, and he's building up, he's establishing them. So when people see you, they'll realize that you are the, you are the pillar, you are the strength of God in the earth. So when they fix their eyes upon you, they know that God, amen, resides in your house. In Matthew 3 and 3 here, King James Version, it says, Well, this is he that was spoken of by the prophet Elias, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. We realize this is John the Baptist and that, that Elias is Elijah. In the Old Testament was saying John the Baptist was coming of one voice, one voice. So when we speak, we should be saying the same thing. The church has been so divided, but we must understand his voice. And what is he saying? The kingdom of God is within you. God is on the inside of you. The devil rules and reigns where we give him control. The devil is defeated. The only victory you have over your life is the ignorance of God's word. And ignorance means a lack of knowledge. In Hebrews 7, 11 through 19, King James Version, it says, therefore perfection was by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made a necessity of change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaining to another tribe, of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek that arises another priest who is made. That word is a, that's a, that's a powerful word there, that word made. is like you make somebody do something. Who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, which we've seen so much in the religious setting, but after the power of an endless life. For he testified Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. But there is barely a disannoying of the commandment going before for the weakness and the unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did, by which he drew nigh unto God. Now I took that very same scripture and I put it up in the message Bible because it reads a little more. It makes a little more understanding. 
But when you group it all together and saying there's a priesthood that God is raising up and it's not according to the law. What is the law? The Ten Commandments. Most people have used as the law. And the Ten Commandments isn't something that has helped the body of Christ. Do this, do that. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. We've used that law. But it has not changed people. So God put in order a different priesthood, a peculiar people, a Melchizedek priesthood that comes under different laws. And that law is grace and truth. Amen? The Bible says he came full of grace and truth. The truth of the matter is is that we follow under the, the message of grace of Jesus Christ. So we don't have to keep those laws. Common sense will tell us thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit it. We know those things. But those aren't the laws that God is putting on us in this season that um, I'm a mature son. It's like you know what to do. So we don't have to be governed by something we know what to do, if that makes any sense. But let's look at the message Bible here. It says, the priesthood of Levi and Aaron, which provided the framework for the giving of the law, could really make people perfect. There wouldn't have been a need for a new priesthood like that of Melchizedek. But since it didn't get the job done, there was a change of priesthood, which brought it, it, in a radical new kind of law. There is no way of understanding this in terms of the old biblical priesthood, which is why there is nothing in Jesus' family tree connecting him with that priestly line. But the Melchizedek story provides a perfect analogy. Jesus, a priest like Melchizedek, not by genealogy descent, but by the sheer force of resurrection life, he leads. Come on, you can, you can hear the resurrection power coming out of Minister Sinclair when she testified. And all this stuff has been through tests and trials. We've been through some tests and some trials. But when we understand the things we went through comes to, to, to make us strong, the things we went through come to get rid of Adam, it came to cause us to submit to God and then to say what he wants us to say. And it brings about resurrection power when the mind is changed under this priesthood of Melchizedek and not under the one that Moses' law that talks about being good and bad. Nothing we can do good or bad is going to change what Christ has already done. He already paid the price. The Bible said once and for all. And then it says here, the formal way of doing things, a system of commandment that never worked out the way it was supposed to. Why set aside the law brought nothing to maturity? Another way, Jesus, a way that does work, that brings up right into the presence of God, is put in its place. And so in my closing, and I came to again just to encourage you about this faithful church, a faithful priesthood. God said a priesthood is changing. And it's going to be a change of mind, another commitment, a type of commitment, another type of surrendering and submitting to God. And we release the way we think and how we feel, all of that stuff. That's what made people move. Our soul is our will, our intellect and our emotion. We don't feel like praising God, we ain't going to praise. Come on, if our will ain't lined up with his will, we ain't going to do it. God is calling a people that will just submit to God and say, I'm going to do it because you're my father, because I know you love me, because of who you are, I'm going to do what you called me to do.
Revelation 3, 7 through 13. And I'll read it all the way down now so we can see the word of the Lord. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write these things, say that he that is holy, he that is true, he that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. No man can shut it. But thou hast a little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship at thy feet and to know that I have loved thee because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I will also keep them from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. And we understand it's the mind. We know this is terra firma. The ground is the earth. It's called a terra firma, but we also know this is earth. The way of carnality, Adamic nature, Adam. This is the battlefield. And he says he's going to try. We're being tried right now. Everything that's happening across the earth right now, this is what's happening in the lives of God's people. What we see happening in, in, uh, in, in politics is happening in the church. Come on, in the church. It's chaos in the politics. It's chaos in the church. And when we have chaos in the church, we bring it to the church. And God says, those who are faithful and have a change of mind, I'm going to keep you during a testing time. So some things that you, some other people might be drowning in, God is allowing you to walk over some situations. He says, Behold, I come quickly, hold thou fast which thou hast, that no man take away thy crown. Him that overcometh, I will make a pillar, there it is, in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out. I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem. We know it's not a cube coming out of heaven. We understand that you're the New Jerusalem. Come on, you're the new heaven, you're the new earth. Why would God destroy this earth and create another one? There's nothing wrong with this earth, it's what man is doing to the earth. Come on, the digging and all of the things that man has done to the earth. God is not going to start all over, it's been 7,000 years. Why would he get rid of everybody and start all over again? That makes no sense when we start to look at Tyson Shadows. So he's saying, you're the new heaven, you're the new earth, you're the new Jerusalem. You're the bride of Christ that he's making new. And he says here, which coming down out of heaven, we understand heaven is within us from our God. And I will write upon him my new name. He that has an ear, hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. There's a lot of spirit of the words that I can't go back and deal with right now. I know there's some things that don't make sense when you start talking about new heaven and new earth and new Jerusalem and those types of things. They're spirit of the words. They're not natural. They're not figuratively speaking. They're not literally speaking, but figuratively speaking. The last one. Remember chapter, Revelation chapter 3, all the way till you get to chapter 4. Before you get to chapter 4, they're talking about the church. But by the time you get to chapter 4, the church is no longer there. And I don't mean a church. I mean the church. But then when we get to chapter 4, Brother Terrell, there's no longer the church, but it's the kingdom age. 
and of our Father, the Father, all will be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he's talking about a people. We're no longer religious. Come on, we've moved from being a religious people to a kingdom-minded people. And now we walk in the kingdom. And we let the king drive us. It's like when we go outside, Sister Riley, and we get in our vehicle, we drive the vehicle. And God said, I want to drive you. I want you to be the vehicle, and I'm going to drive you. And as I drive you, you'll go where I say go. You'll do what I say go. Do. You will speak what I say speak. And then when he wants us to speak and say something, he says the priesthood is changed. Simply that. And when your mind change and your body change and your heart change, you move from being just a church goer to a kingdom-minded people. So by the time you get to chapter 4, this is where the kingdom age begins. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. Come on, our mindsets are open. Mm -hmm. The first voice which I heard was, as it was a trumpet talking to me, which said, come up hither, and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit, and the whole a throne was set in heaven, one set on the throne. He that said was to look upon like jasper and sardine stones. And there was a rainbow round about. All of those things is talking about how he is, how you see him on the inside of you. So many words I can't deal with this morning because it would take us in another understanding types and shadows. But the simplicity of it all is, is that the priesthood is changing. And once you change your direction, and step beyond the veil of your mind, God begin to do a new thing. But just to encourage you, you can pick up wherever, whatever song we have, Brother David. God said, I know that you are have little strength, but you have not denied my word. So I'm going to strengthen you on this morning and encourage you that God knows exactly where we're at. He knows every situation, every circumstance, what we're going through. So that even though in your weakness, you're really strong. Thank you, Lord.